0: franchise from everything well, i fall up and i fall down loser the day i was born
1: hello welcome back to yet another episode of american loser it is the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place we are here live as always we live in our time and whenever you're listening on your own time then that's the time it is there So, anyway, point is, we are at uh, a Shared Universe studio in Edentown, New Jersey. Mike and Ming taking great care of us, as always. Behind the ones and twos, who else could be there other than the big Kahuna? How you feeling, buddy? I'm kahuna.
0: good, man. How you guys doing?
1: Not bad, pal.
0: I missed you guys. I haven't uh, you... seen you in a few.
1: It's uh, well, we took the week off because we tried to do a two banger, and uh, you know, then it all caught up to us real quickly because uh, all it takes is one water main break, and all of a sudden, my free time goes the hell away.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> That's
2: right.
1: Yeah, we had a, a water main break that I got called into for overtime, and then I got uh, we had a, a sewage um, system that backed up at a school, and you know what happens when it's a school that you're working on uh becomes a prevailing wage job that's where I go from making uh, nothing per hour to like 60 70 dollars an hour so
2: yeah Ooh. you're not going you're not going to walk away from that one
1: no those ones are good here and the man who taught me how to do things like that my dilf of a dad his last episode for a little <laughs> while um South Beach, Larry, you got to go back down there. Mom needs you back in Florida. Well, got to go pick up your mother. Yep. I hear you. So, well, uh, this is your last episode for a little while here. You will be back in a shorter period of time, though you're not going to be yeah, uh, A brief hiatus, there. brief hiatus. Yeah, we'll bring you back for some good one here. So, uh, we wanted to send you out uh, on a high note here. So, we went ahead and brought <laughs> in. Uh, Who's going to be one of my favorite guests I'm very confident in that I, uh, I love this lady One of the funniest people I know And uh, also completing the, uh, the female cousins On the Burke side of the family I've
0: met them all now You have now met
1: all of them Kahuna Um, I would like to uh, introduce uh, uh, Larry's goddaughter and uh, my cousin, Jennifer Burke. How are you, lady?
3: I'm good. Thank you for having me (laughs) and saving the best for last.
1: Uh, (laughs)
3: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Well, you picked this topic, too, for us inadvertently.
3: Yes. um, I really wanted to go outside your typical history, (laughs) you know, topic and find something that was a little bit more interesting in unique you know it's something do you well, want to describe what we're talking about today or? well uh,
1: we're going to get into it for a second here but i, I did like that because um, you didn't choose for it to be uh, a woman but you did kind of say well hey uh, you know it's women's month because march was women's month right and we didn't do anything for uh, women and i want you ladies to know out there if you're listening um whether it's your uh, your daughters uh, your wives your mothers your grandmothers um no matter who you are in this world uh don't ever let anyone tell you that women can't also be losers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're equal opportunity losers.
3: <laughs> we appreciate that.
1: <laughs> so we went and found someone very interesting. You actually got me looking on the topic of poison, if you remember, right?
3: Well, I said I wanted to find something along the lines of a serial killer that doesn't use a gun. Like, I didn't want an assassination. <laughs> I, want, I didn't want your typical history lesson on an assassination.
0: You wanted something real memorable.
3: I wanted something interesting, something that we could sink our teeth into and, right. like, kind of figure out. So
1: if you're picking up on her uh, gist here, Kahuna, she hates the show.
2: Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, right. She, no, uh, she hates history. She hates the show. But here we are anyhow. Yeah. Well, thanks to Jen. We actually uh,
1: we got a, a very interesting topic. I did a little Googling here to make sure that uh, this works. And uh, what we came up with is we're going to swap out. It's not just a straight-up history lesson today. It's also a little bit of science. All right?
0: So, uh, And it was at that moment Big Kahuna checked out for the day. (laughs) He went home because he did not do good with sciences. Well, uh, I'll tell you who else did not
1: do good with science. Uh, Science, relatively new idea, a lot of it, okay? Um, Like uh, we can talk about the Flat Earther conspiracies and stuff like that. Can we we not? We could could talk a little bit about all that stuff. But uh, what amuses me with those guys – is that uh, a lot of their logic? It, it does make a little bit of tiny sense. Like you know to refute it, but they they are they do make a slightly compelling argument sometimes. Like oh, we don't actually know that the world's you know round, blah blah blah. So what's interesting here is uh, if you wanted to invent the idea of germs, okay. Uh, and they're going to tell you, like, doesn't that sound like something that, uh, you know, uh, a snake oil salesman would tell you? There's little tiny molecules crawling all over you at all times, and they're infecting you. And the only way to get rid of them is with this magic elixir that I'm selling conveniently out of this here wagon, sir. <laughs> That's right. right. So uh, when, uh, you want to see these molecules? Well, you have to go through my my, gi- my little magic wand over here. Yeah, you look the through medicine and, show for you. Exactly. So it does sound a little shaky here. So uh, science people weren't always too, too big on that one here. Um, but uh, like we were saying, don't let um, – women can be anything, all right? Because it's 2019 when this episode's coming out. You have two daughters. Uh, one of them – is it, is it medical school or law school she's looking at now?
3: She went through both, but she realized with law school she wanted to really she, – she always wanted to make like, a difference in the world. She really wanted to, you know, be able to be in a courtroom and she wanted to be up front. And she realized when she was in the courtroom, she's a fair public speaker. So lawyer went like right off the field.
1: Yeah, kind of important. <laughs> she, yeah, drove, right. she
3: drove right into medicine and I'm gonna <laughs> cure cancer and I'm gonna be like, you know, and then she's like, I gotta go to school for twelve years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: So then she looked at her roots and she realized she wanted to be just like her father and now she is going to double major in accounting. And criminology and go into forensic accounting and wants to work for either the FBI or the DEA and take down. DEA's is the first choice. We'd like to take down the cartel and figure out. We're the money.
2: Let's follow the going. money.
0: This yes. is your daughter. This
3: is my daughter. That's going to be seventeen in about a week.
0: She wants to be bones, kinda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bank account bones. Yeah, yeah bank sweet. account sweet. <laughs> exactly.
1: Big personalities on. Uh, that's uh, another classic Burke quality trait on that one too. So go
3: big or go home. Well,
1: I'm just happy that you raised both of your daughters to know Jennifer that in this day and age here, if uh, you know, if they choose to be a scientist, they can be. If they want to be a lawyer, they can be. If they want to spread a deadly. disease. That may have killed up to 50 people. They, just they, like today's loser.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: They can do just Something that. They do aspire to. Well, uh, nobody is going to fit the bill of a loser quite like uh, poor Mary uh, Mallon. We're going to call her Malin for the entire episode. So if we find out later on that we got it wrong, then we're screwed and it is what it is. Um, however... Uh, we have a scale of losers, as we've – you've listened to the show before, right, yes. Jen? So um, we have a scale of losers that the Kahuna kind of coined for us here. Uh, so we have the, the complete madman, psychopath, classic loser archetype of uh, Charles J. Gateau who shot uh, you know President Garfield. Then you have uh, some more sympathetic losers like Edgar Allan Poe had uh, his obituary and his memory written about from a guy who hated him. So <laughs> – he lived a relatively normal life, and then he got all this you know slander the dirt sheets came out after he was dead, and they came out as the truth so there's always interesting people to talk about in that one, or uh, miss uh, Sarah Winchester, who got labeled as a uh, crazy ghost person when really she just wanted to keep the construction crews working on her giant mansion out in california so Mary Mallon uh she starts off sympathetic and then we take that left turn where you you know.
2: Yeah, we're not quite so sure.
1: We might be reestablishing the uh the bottom of the barrel for losers today. <laughs> <here in Kahuna. laughs>
0: so, uh, you really think that there's there's potential that she could be the lowest of the low? Well, I
1: agree. <laughs> I'm going to pitch this one to you and because uh, we've got uh, – Jen has some very interesting uh, knowledge on this one, too, that we're going to get to later on. And then LP and I did a little bit of research ourselves, and we're going to present this one to you, Kahuna, and you give us a thumbs-up, thumbs-down at the end of the episode and let us know what you think.
0: Okay, okay. But All that right. being
1: said, without any further ado, guys, uh, when your name is Mary Mallon, that's not a very assuming name, but if we found out that you were dealing with someone named Typhoid Mary uh, – you'd start to want to know a little bit more about that person. Is that fair to say, Dad?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, growing up, I, you would, at least in my generation, you would hear about typhoid Mary. I, now, so much time has gone past since then that maybe it's no longer in the in the everyday uh, jargon. But uh, typhoid Mary, if you did not want to be anywhere near or uh, resemble a typhoid Mary. That was uh, something that definitely you want to be... Uh, staying away from.
1: Well, this is back in the days when we thought that immigrants were dirty people. So um, that's why.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is, nothing's changed there, right? Everybody's come to that. Come to that realization. Well,
1: when you have immigration, you do have people that bring diseases here with them, and uh, this case is no different. Uh, Mary Malone or Malin was an Irish immigrant who, uh, after coming to New York, would earn the unfortunate nickname Typhoid Mary. But real quick, uh, Lawrence Patrick Burke, what the fuck is typhoid?
2: Typhoid is a disease that uh, is could. Could potentially go become deadly. It killed thousands of people. Um, many of the uh, early uh, wars, civil war, that kind of thing. More people died from typhoid than they would actually of battle uh, battle injuries. Uh, so this isn't something you call out for the weekend with. No, this is not, this is this is going to take a while to get over. And um, it wasn't until. Uh, late eighteen hundreds where they finally did discover what was the cause of that. And uh, before that, you know, it was just uh, everybody was left to wonder what, what is the origin of this. So I mean there was a lot of people worldwide that were searching for the for that answer. What you know, how how can we cure it? Well if we if we're gonna cure it, the first thing we gotta do is figure out what causes it. So so enter scientists enter Inter-scientists. Uh, right? inter-scientists and the, the snake and the oil salesman especially. done wrong. Right, right, right.
1: Well, uh, typhoid, as we have it written down over here, is a, a disease spread from salmonella typhi bacteria, okay? Uh, it is spread through contaminated food or water as well as through close contact with someone infected. It also travels through um, – Jennifer, uh, are you familiar with the term feces?
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Having two children and two dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say plenty. Uh, plenty of experience on that one.
3: Yes, and it causes fever and severe diarrhea, and people actually died of being dehydrated, the loss of water.
2: Yeah, I think that goes to the uh, diarrhea. Again, going back to uh, war records and stuff, a lot of times um, people were listed as dying from dysentery. Well, dysentery is a severe case of the trots, or diarrhea that uh, you basically you lose all your body body fluids. Yeah. You
0: could have died from taking a shit.
2: Absolutely, you know, <laughs> multiple multiple shits, liquidy, loose, loosey stool is definitely present with us. Today.
0: Something that is so appreciated now could have killed <laughs> you back then. That's right. I don't like these times no more. So I'm not appreciative.
2: Yeah, the good old days weren't so good, but.
1: Yeah, I think we're soft nowadays. Nobody gets dysentery anymore. But, uh, well, um, what's interesting here is we continue to cover this. We wanted to cover a little bit about the, the bacteria itself and how it can be spread and all that other stuff. Um, but uh, like Jennifer was saying, other symptoms include but are not limited to fevers, headaches, fatigue, muscle aches, diarrhea, swelling, and rashes. In severe cases, very severe cases, without treatment, patients with typhoid would become delirious and sometimes go into what is known as a typhoid state. Which, by the way, it is March Madness right now. Typhoid State beat Gonzaga twenty-one to fourteen at halftime. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but no, a, a typhoid state, which is uh, essentially uh, a, you're completely unconscious. All right, uh, in a, a delirious state, but your eyes are halfway open. So if you're walking down the street and you saw a homeless guy, you know, looking like that back in the days in the eighteen hundred, uh, you know, New York City or something, chances are you're dealing with a guy who's got typhoid fever. So don't touch his feces, Kahuna. That's what we're trying to tell right. you when you see something like this.
0: You know, because that was my plan. I was just going to yeah, go yeah. digging through his shit later on after the day.
2: No sampling. Well, a uh, serious no case No sampling? Is, uh... what,
0: do you, what do you think? I'm going to go fucking in it like, oh, dinner time, motherfucker. That's
2: right. <laughs> yeah, pass the big spoon.
1: Gross. <laughs> Well, uh, serious cases of typhoid fever can still result in death. Even to this day, a doctor pretty much has to get brought in. So whenever you're dealing with something like that, a doctor's got to come in. And if you don't have access to a doctor, I mean, you're kind of screwed. That's where these uh, – it, it winds up being a disease largely associated with being low class. So uh, I don't want to give away the town, but Jennifer, you live in a very nice town in Bergen County.
3: Why, thank you. It would.
1: Um, they would not uh, – typhoid fever would not be running rampant through the streets of that particular town, I don't think.
3: If it did, it would be mayhem. Like <laughs>
1: people
3: would be running out of their houses down the street to yeah. town hall.
1: The yoga studios would be empty that day because yes. everyone would be at the doctor's office yes. trying to find out what's up. Well, uh, type, and Starbucks. And sa-
0: <laughs> all the star. Oh my God, that's the true sign of the apocalypse when the Starbuckses are empty. Yes.
1: In uh, in Bergen <laughs> County, yes, sir. Um, now, r- other quick side note here. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but we have to. I have to tell a very, very funny story real quickly. So Lawrence Patrick Burke's other goddaughter is cousin Megan, who came in for the Pancho Villa episode.
0: Okay. Now, the Megan, one that made me wear that hat. Yes. Typical uh, <laughs> Megan, Megan.
1: Megan is essentially Wonder Woman uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, she, I, she, she, It blows my mind the st- amount of things that she's able to balance at one time. She's pretty incredible that way. So one day I'm working in Wyckoff, New Jersey when I was working for Culligan Water Softening. And I'm bitching and moaning because I have to go up the fire escape because the tank for the water softener at this Dunkin' Donuts is at the top of the Dunkin' Donuts. So it's on the second floor of a building. So I'm climbing this rickety piece of shit fire escape carrying two 40-pound bags of water softening salt. And it's a giant commercial tank, which means I have twi- – that's 10 trips of two bags apiece to fill this thing. It takes me like a full 45 minutes. I'm bitching and moaning. Uh, it's the summertime, so I'm sweating through all my T-shirt and like that. I'm, I'm losing my shit. I'm punching the tank on the side. And then I look uh, out the uh, the window, and I see Megan walking into the Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm sitting there. I was like, all right, cool. She has to have time to order, right? So she has to have time to order, and then she'll pay for her order. And then I can sneak downstairs real quick and say hi to her. Megan walks in, and then they they knew her there so well for her <laughs> her Dunkin' Donuts addiction. Norm. She was out of there. Yeah, she, pretty much, she was the norm of Dunkin' Donuts on Gothel Road. And um, – they sent her on her – she was out of there within 30 seconds. I literally had to chase her down in the park. Megan! Oh, Megan! <laughs> <laughs> and she turns around thinking it's – and then, no, it's just your fat cousin sweating as he's running towards <laughs> you. But um, no, so back to typhoid. Uh, uh, they didn't typhoid. Put
0: cops on you? They didn't think you were a fucking serial killer?
1: No, I look enough like her that uh, I think that that's one of those weird parts of being adopted into the uh, the Irish family that we have. Um, but uh, back into the typhoid part of the story here. So uh, typhoid, nasty stuff. Uh, still remains serious. Um but has largely been dist- uh, extinguished in uh, developed nations, so uh, we we can kind of control it here in America. It's yeah, not it's somebody-
2: still it's still a, a uh, very definitely a concern for uh, we'll call them third world countries where pure water is still a, a concern that uh, and, and it it can be carried within the water system. So you know, having that op- being able to open the tap and having a, a clean. A glass of water is uh, huge. That's something that something we take for granted now. I mean, I've I've said to people of my generation that, you know, if. My mother could see us buying cases of water at, at Costco or BJ's or, or uh, Walmart or something like that. I'll
3: one-up like, you. I get Fiji like, water every holy week. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> told you
2: Bergen, Fiji. You're going to be buying water when you have this perfectly fine, pure, clean water coming out of the tap for, for virtually pennies. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, but uh, that's, a, that's another whole generational thing. But.
1: Well, imagine explaining to somebody that uh, I used to make soft water. What, what, what is hard water? Yeah. Well, it's not regular water, but it's hard. What? <laughs> yeah. what? But you mean ice. Ice is hard water. So. But um, there is
3: a difference, you have to say, between like tap water and bottled water. For example, Dan's dog that used to live on an army base used to drink out of a hose. Well, I give him Fiji water for the last three years. <laughs> And we, and we ran out the other day, <laughs> oh and he God. went to the tap, and the dog sniffed it and walked away. And he's like, what the fuck? You to drink out of a hose.
2: That's right. Drink out of the, <laughs> the toilet, and now the dog is turning up his nose. Yeah,
3: like, feed you all the way.
2: I don't know if you heard, Jennifer. I don't shine shoes no
1: more. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, now, it's always about coming to America and trying to make things uh, better for yourself here. I totally understand that part of it, especially if you don't have good things back in your home country. Now, uh Mary Mallon, who was born in Tyrone County in Northern Ireland in 1869. So not a great – we've covered some of the weird Irish history that's going on in the time frame here. So uh, there's a lot – there's a rebellion every 10 years pretty much in Ireland. That's, that's typically how they operate over there. And uh, you also have a potato famine going on. And large amounts of Irish immigrants are coming over to the United States. And a lot of the men are literally landing in Manhattan uh, in New York, if you will, for the first time. And immediately joining into a couple of years of service in the the Union Army. So not a great time over there. So if that's the men's trait is to go do soldierly duties, uh, a lot of the women that would come over here, especially from Ireland, would wind up getting jobs as uh, cooks. Now, this is uh, unfortunately due to a lack of Italians in America at the time. So we uh, we allowed the Irish to operate as cooks. Um, Well,
2: the the Italians were the next immigrant wave. They were. They fixed a lot uh, of the kitchen stuff. Yeah. But by the time – Mary comes over. uh, She emigrates to the United States in 1884. So that whole Civil War and uh, potato famine uh, immigration has already passed us by. And now we're coming into the late 1800s. Right. Well, she was born in 1869. That's why I brought that up. 1869. Correct. But she didn't emigrate until the U.S. until 1884. So she's coming over here as a 15-year-old where she came from in Ireland was a very poor and destitute area of Ireland so I mean it's the poorest of the poor um, and she from research I I could come up with uh, she came over here by herself it wasn't like a, the whole family came over so here she is this 15 year old girl and in, in New York um, probably able to make um, passage money but once you arrive here you're you know you're you're hoping to find, land a job someplace to in order to survive. And she's got one particular set of skills.
1: Jen, I'm not picking on you. How many majors did you have in college?
3: I had one.
1: Was it just one?
3: My brother had 12.
1: <laughs> okay. No, Brian had 12. I'm sorry. But, Jennifer, if I, without putting you on the spot, okay. can you name all the schools you went to for that one major?
3: Mine was nothing compared to Brian's. I went to three.
2: <laughs> Brian still, went... still got that sibling <laughs> rivalry <laughs> thing. Yeah, the audience yeah, says know I Brian. Know. <laughs> I only took six. Brian was the one that took 12.
3: I know, but I stayed in <laughs> the same major and just kind of like maneuvered my way. Brian went from I'm going to make coffins to surfboards to, oh, crap, I got to get a real job. I'll be an engineer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian is also wildly eccentric. Kahuna, yeah. Uh, we're no longer wowed by that. I saw saw you processing what she said for the first time.
3: Coffins? Coffins went to UMass Amherst. surfboards?
1: Yes. Oh, and we had a stagecraft.
2: We had a stagecraft. Well,
3: he originally left high school. He thought he was going to build sets for Broadway, but then realized when he got down there, he didn't do any drugs. Everyone in stage crew did drugs, and he's like, (laughs) I I don't belong here. Come get me. But then he went to UMass Amherst and studied wood technology and wanted to make
2: coffins. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of money in that. People would die. Well, yeah,
3: I was going to say, it doesn't and matter I what the economy I slight is.
2: motivation because
0: I'm sitting here trying to process the information of like someone wanted to spend their life building coffins and That's you're fine. like, make good money yeah. though.
1: That's fine woodworking. Yes. It's not that big of a jump if you really think about it to go from coffins to surfboards though. Right. You just stay with the lid and now the lid of the coffin is the surfboard.
0: Right oh
3: my God! I just found out the other day, my parents actually put in the will that we couldn't touch the money until 35 because Brian wanted to make surfboards and coffins. They were so afraid something would happen to them and he would take all their money and like
0: <laughs> and turn them into surfboards.
2: <laughs> Gnarly, dude. <Yeah.
3: laughs> How did I get suckered into all this? I was
0: I, like, I'm the normal
3: one.
2: Let's come back yeah. to Mary yeah. here,
1: though. Yeah, now, Brian's too wild of a guy. If you're listening, to Cousin Brian, we got to get you on the show here. But, uh, well, she has one particular set of skills. Mary is uh, only good at one thing and uh, her – trade, if you will, or her job uh, is that she's going to be a cook and what's very common is to have an Irish cook or an Irish uh, 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 cleaning lady type thing. Uh, a maid pretty much. Um, so, well, we, a servant. a You have an Irish cook and that's a, a, a marquee item for a wealthy family in New York City around this time. So uh, at the turn of the century, Mary is now cooking for seven different upper class families in New York. By all accounts, Mary seemed to be a model employee and as good of a cook as any Irish woman can be, you know, The classic argument, uh, do you want your chili with or without crushed Oreos? That's kind of the Irish tradition (laughs) on that one. Uh, Hamburger helper, yeah. I remember I told that story one time on here too that it's an ex-girlfriend tried to tell me that this was a family recipe. I was like, this is beef stroganoff. You you don't know what you're talking
2: about. Going Um, back to the times though too, Kev, um, if you're coming over as an immigrant and you're looking for work, if you're a male, you're probably going to be a laborer. Um, working the railroad, working, digging canals. Um, You're going to be a a day laborer. Um, And if you're a female, you're probably going to be going, become a servant someplace. Now, for her to be a cook, that's really kind of like on the upper echelon of servitude that probably the lowest rung of that particular ladder is to be a, a washerwoman. That you're, you're doing somebody Thanks else's laundry, laundry yeah. right? A laundress would be the yes. title. Well, we, we get into that. Or there's even, you know, uh, an Irish folk song, the Irish washerwoman, that's uh, pretty well known for those within that uh, genre, if you will. Um, but to be a cook, now you're like on an upper level of the servants that you're large and in charge because you're in charge of the kitchen and you're not only cooking for the family, but you're also cooking for the rest of the rest of the servants. So if you have six servants, you know, you got the upstairs maid, the downstairs maid, you've right. got the cook, you've got the gardeners, you've got all of these, the chauffeur, everybody else. It all comes back to the uh, – who's, who's who's running
1: the kitchen? Well, it's like my pal John over at Uncle Vinny's, the chef at Uncle Vinny's. If you are good to him, he makes you whatever you want. You know what I mean? So you always have to be good to the chef on this one. And uh, I'm glad you pointed that out too because there is definitely a uh, – uh, in the hierarchy of things. So and it's is- also making more money. More money More uh, uh, And she got She got to run the kitchen too you know, I mean there is the, uh, the, the We're very familiar With the concept Of the Irish woman With the uh, wooden spoon Chasing people around
3: <laughs> You think? I think that's
1: fair to say <laughs> That's not a stretch In our family But uh, as we were saying here At the turn of the century She is cooking for Seven different Upper class families But in 1900 Our girl Mary Seemed to have A strange effect on people Not like Cameron Diaz And there's something About uh, Mary More like uh, Everyone I cook for Seems to keep getting sick Type kind of a thing <laughs> So within two weeks of working for a family in Westchester, a case of typhoid fever, that nasty bacteria shit we were talking about earlier, caused everybody to shit their brains out. It breaks out. This disease is thought, like we said, to be a low-class disease spread by poor and other unclean and non-sanitary conditions. Uh, the case is considered to be strange since Westchester very, very affluent area. Okay, Nobody seemed to understand how the disease spread, and certainly nobody thought that Mary could have been involved. She was the picture of health. And her kitchen habits were reportedly far from low class. So that's why she kept getting the job all the time. She probably probably was a pretty decent cook. I bet the meals tasted good, you know? If you're shitting your brains out for two weeks but you're still eating dinner every night. Yeah.
3: Kev, I will tell you that I did read that when she worked for the Warren family, which is the one that started to get Absolutely. sick, she actually her one of her famous things they loved was ice cream with fresh peaches. And the peaches were actually what was making them sick because they were unwashed. And her hands were touching it, and she was <laughs> contaminating it. Because the, when you cook food, it will kill the germs. But it was the dessert that was getting them.
0: Gross. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, again, we're looking at this as modern day. You turn the tap and you get pure drinking water. Mm-hmm. Back then in, in the 1880s, uh, not so much. You know, you couldn't count on – the city water supply to be to be pure because if one city is drawing their drinking water out of the river at point a further upstream another city a little further up the river is now dumping raw sewage into that same river that somebody downstream is pulling their drinking water out of so you know that and that's again going back to the whole army scenario if you've got a 75,000 guys all encamped around one river, and they're all using that river as their drinking water. Well, the regiment that's further upstream is now dumping (laughs) into the river that somebody downstream is picking their, you know, using for drinking water. Man, this water tastes like pissy (laughs) shit. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. When you say the water tastes like shit, yeah, well, you might not be too far off. It uh, well gets terrifying too now
1: because that's the first case that's uh, reported over here. But now, yet again in 1901, a year later, when working for a family in Manhattan, more cases of severe fevers and diarrhea start to break out, and this time, sadly, a little bit more tragic here, the house laundress is killed by the infection. She dies from typhoid fever. Okay, and that's literally from like Jennifer was saying, the peaches and the peach ice cream. So, uh, Malin's uh, next employer was a lawyer in Manhattan. Who saw, get this number here, uh, Kahuna, seven of his eight family members. So when seven of eight people in the house break out into typhoid-related illnesses, uh, you think that you're next?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would think so.
1: Yeah, different kind of the hateful eight when everybody's trying to get (laughs) on the same toilet. (laughs) They're all trying to get on the same toilet, man, but... There's a very high turnover rate at this time for cooks as well. So I you really uh,
0: appreciate that reference, by the way. I'm
1: good at these, buddy. Oh,
0: my God. That was good. That was a good one.
1: <laughs> well, Mary never seemed to stay in one place very long because of the high turnover rate, which is uh, actually unfortunately means that uh, good for her. She's able to consistently get more work coming in and all that. But she's also able to spread this disease unknowingly, for the most part, unknowingly. Uh, I mean, at this point, she's still the picture of health. and
3: Right, she's a carrier. She's, yeah, she's, she's, she's not showing signs. She right.
1: thinks she's lucky because she's not getting it. I think I wonder, there's a part of me that wonders if she kept moving on because she, she kept seeing other people get sick and she said, I don't want to be the next right. person to get sick. Just so let me get out of here, not realizing she's the person causing or the Or was she an evil
3: bitch and was like, well, the second, they're figuring it out, I'm moving yeah, on.
1: The second half of the story, it's not really a good look for her. <laughs> I know. Um, But like we said, she moves on from place to place here. She's actually spreading more of the disease uh, because she keeps working in these metropolitan areas because that's where all the rich people are. So she winds up infecting people from Manhattan all the way to Oyster Bay, Long Island, all right? Billy Joel country out there. Uh, One case saw – we thought seven of eight was bad. How about 11 of 12? 11 of 12 people in a household coming down with typhoid fever. How is this disease spreading without warning? Now, interrupt me here whenever you know what uh, I'm talking about here, Jen. Uh, Mary, to her credit, uh, on the initial infections, was unaware that she had uh, – she's what is considered a carrier. Correct. Uh, can, do you, know, you want to explain what the, the carrier is versus like you know, showing symptoms and being uh, asymptomatic, I believe it's called?
3: Well, she had the disease and it was actually in her gallbladder. I don't know yep. scientifically like what that means in the sense of because if it was in that area, she wasn't showing signs. So she was a picture of health. You know, she's making this food and she's killing people, <laughs> and she's like, "Not me! Like I didn't do it." Well, well, you yeah, you look, have I'm no way section. to
2: know. Yeah, right, so. right. I mean, and, and again, the whole knowledge base—we're talking that the disease, the 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 uh, the bacterium that was responsible for the disease wasn't discovered until 1880. So, I mean, it was only right. a few years prior that they actually pinpointed what's causing typhoid. And it was, uh, you know, we know it today probably more as salmonella poisoning. Salmonella. Well, that salmonella, the name of that came from somebody working for the, uh, for the uh, FDA, a government official that was trying to pinpoint this kind of thing. It was discovered, it was confirmed by other scientists, and then again confirmed for the third time, and then they credited. Uh, the disease, or at least the name of the disease, to uh, somebody working with the FDA, uh, Salmonella, not Sal.
3: Right,
2: Salmonella. Yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> you made him Salmanilla, sound like a guy you could get right. Nick's tickets from, hey, Sally Boy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I did read that they do believe that she didn't wash her hands.
1: She scoffed at the idea of yes. hand washing Again, after that, the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, oh, why, why would I do? She
0: scoffed at the idea of washing her hands.
1: Well, because yeah, again, the the whole germ thing was relatively new information around this time. We learned a lot really, really quick. Okay, once yeah, we started. Yeah, the what it, revolution. What was it
0: offensive to apply that you had germs? Because well, no one wanted to it. believe it.
1: Yeah, no, and then also the Irish are very they're very easygoing, amicable people that definitely don't have a stubborn streak.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the late eighteen hundreds too. Sure, a huge. Uh, you know, uptick in in the knowledge base. I mean, it wasn't 1861 with the Civil War. We're performing surgeries on people, and the surgeons aren't even bothering to change or to sterilize instruments. Sterilization did, wasn't was unknown of at the time. Then you got all these amputations going on, and they're just you know they're doing an assembly line kind you of ever thing seen, one uh, right after the other.
0: You ever seen the movie or seen the trailer at least for the movie A Million Ways to Die in the West? I promise this relates to the point. I uh, I've saw the movie actually. I love that joke where he's just listing off all the things in the West that's common now that could kill you and he goes the fucking doctor. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, like you were saying too, LP, it's not um it's not good uh, we're learning a lot because the whole Knickerbocker and Sazier is happening around this time frame. But you're still seeing people go in to remove vital organs barehanded. Okay, yep. they're still bone saws. Sticking still your finger, the, uh,
2: sticking your finger into the wound to try to find the cause, whether it's a bullet or it's what yeah. killed whatever. Garfield, right?
1: President Garfield, right. When, uh, they couldn't find the bullet in him, so they were rooting around in his stomach, wound up giving him an infection that later killed him. So, did you have anything, Jen?
3: No. To your point, in even today, in the third world countries. It's the same thing going on still today. And I actually experienced it. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. When Dan and I went to the Dominican, I actually had gallbladder stones and was rushed to the emergency room. And the nurse came in, and she took a pair of gloves out, and I'm like, okay. And she wrapped it around my arm to find my vein and then took my blood.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's using a rubber glove as a restricting bandage to have your vein pop. And goes oh.
3: flying in. He goes, get off the table. We're going to New York. <laughs> like, we're going home
2: now. <laughs>
3: Had my gallbladder out as soon as we landed.
1: <laughs> Holy shit.
3: Yeah, that was our 30th.
1: <sighs> wow. Wow. Jen, yeah. oh, by the wow. way, if you didn't pick up on it, Cajon's, uh Jen's the toughest person. I
0: oh, <laughs> thank you, but...
1: No, she's bulletproof. I'm convinced of it.
3: Um, Nine
0: lives. It's You're, Is your family just full of super humans that, right? pretty much, that you've just been assim-
1: assimilated into? We're not too far off, yeah. I mean, it's a uh, – imagine. Like I said, we've talked about the great genes that these people have, you know, uh, all tall, blonde, blue eyes and everything. And then uh, me and Carrie get adopted into that so, at 5'8 <laughs> and 40 pounds overweight. Yeah. Um, but uh, like we said, married to her credit, she doesn't quite know that um, she has this. So she's not aware of the damage she's doing or she's being willfully ignorant. It uh, could be a combination of the two. Um, but what's uh, happening here is that because she carries this um, bacteria in her gallbladder, like Jen was saying, um, she's actually able to pass it on despite uh, showing no symptoms or carrying any further illnesses. The bacteria is living and spreading through her feces and her urine. So if Mary, who was uh, – let's be honest, all right? A little bit of a dirty bitch here. Uh, if Mary wasn't taking the full amount of time needed to wash her hands after using the toilet, she easily could be spreading the bacteria through the very food she was preparing for her own employers. So uh, like I said, you want to be friends with the cook over at uh, Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club. But uh, back in the 1800s, you'd also ask him, hey, John, you washed your hands
2: before you made these nachos, <laughs> yeah, right? You – uh Next time you go into the restroom and you see that sign, employees must wash their hands, that's there for a pretty good right. reason.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Mary.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, she becomes a national superstar here later on in the story, but uh, Mary would continue to infect whoever ate her cooking and was even uh, anybody who was in her general company. You could get it from just a, if she didn't flush the toilet, you know, let's be honest.
2: Uh, in most if there, toilets was, by, a, if there yeah, was a toilet to flush, if
1: they were yeah. fancy enough to have that. Because
2: that's also part of the whole. Uh, Idea about you know the the dirty immigrants and stuff. Well, if you're just getting off the ship, you were barely able to scrape the money together for passage into the city, and now you arrive on the on the dock in New York City, and you're here in America, and now you're um, hustled into you know slum conditions, uh, horrendous conditions where. Multiple families are all living in what was a one-family house, and now you've got ten families living in what used to be a one-family home. And, you know, the only – there is no running water. There is no uh, indoor plumbing. Everybody is using the, the single privy that's in the backyard, and the whole neighborhood is that way. Plus, you're also got um, – Unless you were
1: fancy enough to have what I want in my room, a uh, chamber pot. Chamber. Well. That's where you get up and piss in the corner of the room, and you just hear a little. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, but what are you going to do with that when it's full? You're going to be throwing it out the window into the backyard.
1: Also true.
2: Right. And you're also you're talking the 1880s. So now you've got the mode of transportation must have
0: is stunk. It yeah.
2: stinks yeah. now.
3: <laughs> it's yeah. the leftovers.
2: You go into the subway and it smells <laughs> <whole> like urine. <laughs> 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 um. But, you know, in the 1880s, the mode of transportation is the horse, so there's a huge uh, horse
1: – Feces uh, ho- feces yeah. everywhere.
2: Horse poop all over the place. And uh,
1: Imagine being a cop trying to arrest somebody for, you know, defecating in public. Hey, we just caught you shitting in the alley. No, nah, it was the horse. <laughs> that was a horse, I'm sure.
2: <coughs> yeah, but it, yeah you're, me too, Larry. You were <laughs> being forced to live in, in squalor conditions. Um, not by choice, but just by necessity. That uh, you know, yeah, you're the the dirty immigrants. I mean, there's a lot of parallels to what we have today. That you know, people are looking down on certain immigrant uh, immigrants, and you know, well, you know, those are the people that are working in our kitchens, are working in our. Or landscaping or whatever. That it's, just, it's just the same type of attitude. Nothing's really changed. We're talking about a... uh, Norwegians, right? Right, exactly. A... <laughs> well, the Eskimos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, now Mary continued to infect all these people around her. Now imagine this one. One of the families that's employing her even takes uh, her with them to their summer home in Long Island. One of the things I heard, I don't know if you heard this one, Jen. is pretty interesting to me. So uh, typhoid fever's breaking out in the house. So they decide, hey, guys, let's get out of the city for a little while. Let's go on vacation out on Long Island. All right, we'll get away from it all. And they bring the disease carrier that they're attempting to escape with them on vacation. Have you ever taken a disease on vacation? Because it sounds like your Dominican Republic story. You kind of did. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: Absolutely.
1: Well, uh, one of the families uh, also uh, that was infected, they, they got a little bit um, – people are getting nervous now, right? Typhoid fever is breaking out all over the place. These are affluent neighborhoods. It's a low-class disease. not supposed to be happening this way.
2: Well, when they were out in Long Island, when the, when the family initially got sick, they were blaming it on bad clams because they were eating <clears throat> clams. And they decided, well, you know, right. maybe it was just a case of... It would
3: never be the cook.
2: ...food, food poisoning from, from the bad clams that we had. Uh, you know, but, you know, not so much. Did Did another no, I think
3: someone got Did sick you? that didn't have the clams, and they're like, right. wait a minute. Right. Let's uh, relook look uh, yeah.
2: at this. Well,
1: uh, another great uh, uh, lesson from cousin Brian Burke, who taught me uh, at a very young age. Brian was he uh, Brian was a little tuned up at a, a Burke Fest one year down the shore, and... Uh, came up to me, I would say like 10 o'clock at night after having a very good time at another section of the boardwalk, and he came up to me and just goes, Kev, let me tell you right now, never get seafood at a diner and just walked away.
3: (laughs) It's good advice.
1: Uh, I've listened to him. I think of him every time I'm there. When they're like, oh, we have a salmon. I was like, no, sir, you don't. I hate (laughs) to tell you. Well, uh, now, one of the families that was uh, infected, they decide they're going to hire someone to try to figure out why these cases are breaking out or people are getting pissed off. Um, And it's life-threatening.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the owner is obviously well-to-do. He's got bucks. If he's got a house in the city and now can afford to take the family out of the city for the summer and go out to Long Island to escape the, the squalor of the city, and now the family is still getting sick, and he's got the coin to hire somebody to try to find out what exactly is going on here.
1: Well, is where they hire a pretty interesting guy um, and hop in whenever you have anything, Jen. Okay. Um, but uh, they decide to hire this uh, guy. Uh, the gentleman's name is George Soper. Okay, S O P E R. He is a graduate. If you want to talk about having credentials, graduate of Rensselaer. Okay, my buddy Andy Bealston went there, and Columbia University. All right, so he went to Rensselaer and Columbia, and now he's going to study shit. <laughs> okay so uh so there there is a brian burke quality to soper (laughs) as we're reading this but uh so soper was considered one of the finest sanitation engineers in new york but how would he fare as a detective now that he has to track it he's literally it's almost like sherlock holmes but of feces okay he has to figure out uh what's going on whose feces is killing everybody which is the bottom I, i hate to say it but that's a very simplistic way of looking at this story um but upon a little uh research and some heavy interviews, uh, a lot of calling around, figuring out, knocking on doors and everything like that from some of the most well-known cases, Soper began to notice a pattern among all the outbreaks. Uh, Jen, you want to take a wild guess as to what the outbreak pattern might have been?
3: It was Mary.
1: Everybody had one thing in common. The new cook. The new cook, a uh, woman in her 40s, the picture of health, uh, an Irish immigrant woman, and it seemed that everywhere she goes, people are getting sick. It's not good. Those aren't good Yelp reviews. (laughs) No. No, that's not good at all. Um, they all seem to have been affected around the time that she was working over there. So Soper discovered nearly all the breakouts have uh, the same circumstances. Their Irish cook would arrive. The sickness would erupt within a few weeks. And then by the time the fevers were subsiding, the cook had moved on to another position, often leaving without a forwarding address. So we're going to be fair to Mary here on this one. She probably didn't know. She was, you know, probably didn't understand what was going on here. And like we said, she was probably trying to get away from the disease before it came for her. So she just kept moving on. And there's a high turnover rate for cooks at the time. So.
2: Yeah, and she wasn't, I mean, the, the all the cases for typhoid or salmonella wasn't all generated by, by Mary. Um, in that year, there was like 3,000 New Yorkers who were infected by it, by salmonella. Um, so Mary did not have that effect on 3,000 people. But certainly the, the families that she was living with, I mean, when you're, Seven for eight uh, with the families that she worked for. Oh, yeah. She's not winning the World Series, but she's going to be a part of the Home Run Derby. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. she's
1: she's going to the uh, All Star game. Well, uh, they go ahead, they continue to do this research here for her, and uh, uh, he's able to track her down. The uh, he, No forwarding address like we talked about. The cook's name is Mary Mallon. Okay. Soper seems to have found uh, the cause, but since he's a scientist, he now needs to confirm his theory. And Miss Mallon is proving impossible to track down.
2: Let me just jump in here for 1 minute to, that, to that guy Soper, the, yeah. the health department. He's an official of the health department, which is also a relatively brand new thing. I mean, the city realizes with all of these immigrants coming in here and the, everybody living in such squalor conditions and you know, you got 3,000 people that are that are uh, being infected with salmonella in one year alone, that that <laughs> that's going to raise some eyebrows. Yeah. Like, who's next? I
0: love the idea of a health department so in the then, 1860s. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so
2: now they're coming up with this health department kind of a thing and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's in its infancy. The whole idea of germs and bacteria and all that kind of stuff, that, all of those concepts are in its infancy. So, I mean, there's, there's a, a perfect storm of uh, different crap happening here all at the same time. Remember what the New York uh, Health Department would always say, though. If your tooth hurts,
1: cocaine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you
1: go. And have you tried opium for <laughs> all your pain-relieving needs? But um, Now, you could write on that one, too, because now uh, he's unable to find Mary. Okay, uh, How are you going to find the woman who, wherever she goes, people get typhoid fever, Jen? Just the theory. What are you going to do, wait for her? <laughs> yeah, wait, wait for
3: the next person to drop. <laughs> the yeah, next well.
1: break. <laughs> Mary's good. She's good. Uh, another case breaks out over in uh, the – now, you lived in New York City for a little while, didn't you, Jen?
3: Um, went to school there.
1: I know. Uh, now, would you be able to uh, give us an idea as to whether or not Park Avenue is considered a wealthy part of town?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well – Since I worked there for two years? Yes. (laughs) You definitely didn't see crap on the street.
1: (laughs) No. So uh, this is a well-to-do area. Now, it's a family, rich family in a penthouse over here. And uh, they go ahead and uh, they have the outbreak of typhoid fever. Now, uh, Soper finds out about this, tracks down Mary, gets over there. Uh, Typhoid Mary's illness spread throughout the house yet again and tragically kills the family's young daughter. Okay. So – not really a, uh, a whoopsie-daisy or, hey, I gave you the shits for the weekend. It's not a um, right. <laughs> it's not a wedding crashers vising in your coffee kind of a, a joke.
3: It's a true crime now.
1: Yeah. Now it's legit. It could, well, the the laundress died at one of the other houses, and she's rumored to be linked to, in total, as we'll go into the second half of the story here in a second, uh, up to possibly 50 fatalities are possibly linked to our girl typhoid Mary. So what we're trying to say is wash your fucking hands. <laughs>
3: That's right. <laughs> the more, the, the story. more you know. <laughs> That's
0: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you see, uh, you know, when you see an opportunity to wash your hands, take it. Um, but uh, now, Soper confronts Mallon in uh, March of 1907, and in classic scientist fashion, scientists make me laugh so much because, uh, oh, this is perfect. Um, they make me laugh a lot because scientists are such brilliant people, but they have no bedside manner. Like, you ever have a doctor with no bedside manner, Kahuna?
2: He doesn't believe doctors. Have yeah, we got the have. Ca-
1: we got the kahuna drunk here, so um, <laughs> h- here's my example. You
2: think do it takes
0: two beers to get the big kahuna drunk? Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, I forgot. You get drunk like Dumbo. Um, <laughs> uh, Kahuna's seeing a bunch of little versions of us dancing around the room right now. But um, no, uh, this always makes me laugh because the scientists are brilliant people, but they don't have people skills. So uh, imagine Soper uh, and having the uh, the social awkwardness and the lack of self-awareness. Uh, Seem to understand why a 37 year old woman from Ireland grabbed a kitchen knife and ran towards him when a stranger showed up asking her for blood, urine, and feces.
2: A stu- yeah, stool samples. He wanted a stool sample, yep. blood sample, and urine samples. Shitting this one, bleeding this one, pissing that one. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> it's from the health department. I'm from the health department.
1: <laughs> I work for the city. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Meanwhile, that's uh, if you wanted that, you just uh, you know a couple years later, you just go to one of the peep shows at Times Square and get it off one of the. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no so she chases him out with a knife uh wants nothing to do with him uh, again keeping with her her proud irish heritage um kicks him out malin refuses to cooperate with soper uh and without samples to test soper is stuck he has got no way to uh, uh make his conclusion here because he's a scientist at the end of the day so instead what he does is he compiles all the data he has into a five-year work history with typhoid mary's family she'd cooked for and wouldn't you know it Seven out of eight of the families she'd cooked for in the last five years broke out with typhoid fever. Th- that's good numbers. All right. Yeah,
2: that's good numbers. And again, though, this was like the first time that they really discovered that somebody could have typhoid be the picture of health, and they're a carrier, but they're really they're nearly not a displaying any concept, outward yeah. signs of of ill health. Right. And, and now Mary's like, well, "Who the hell are you telling me? I gotta, <laughs> I gotta piss shit and bleed <laughs> for you um, to take some samples to for testing. Get the hell! You're telling me I'm, I'm clean. Get the hell out of here." Almost so every person, through. yeah, almost wow. every
1: person said that uh, when Soper was calling around saying, "Hey, w- but what about um, the cook?" And they all say, "Oh, the cook." Well, the co-, you know, they're realizing it's said, and everybody always questioned. They said, "But she was never sick." So I mean, what's the deal here on that one? But. Now, there's other, like she's, I think it's called an asymptomatic carrier. Is that right, Jen? Yes. Okay. So that's what she has over here. Um, and she doesn't believe it. You know, I mean, why would you, too? If uh, if some random man from the government is appearing telling you that you've been killing all the people around you lately, you're going to have questions, you know? So uh, Malin is refusing, like we said, doesn't want to get involved with all this stuff, but she's again approached by Soper. Uh, but this time, Soper brings another doctor with him. Mary continues to refuse to help Soper, even when warned about the possibility that she is the reason for all the illness and death of her clients, and the city is now forced to intervene. we got an interesting person here we're going to bring up in a second, Jen. You ready? I'm ready. Female okay. doctor. Okay. Yep. Female doctor around this time frame. Dr. Sarah Josephine Baker is she in that book that you uh, yes. she is she's right here falling down the <laughs> stairs when
3: Mary kicks her out I don't mean to give anything away <laughs> no
1: you don't get uh, it's perfect I too. love
0: the reference material you bought the episode, by the way yeah,
1: well I'm going to ask uh, Jen to okay. expand upon that at the very end here I don't want her to give it away until the, uh, the end of the episode because this is
3: hilarious it's a surprise yeah, it's, it's, uh,
2: the, the reference materials that she's brought forth is just oh uh, so good I,
3: I do my best
2: well when she sent it to me I knew it was going to be funny to begin
1: with but now I'm even no, I'm more pleased with it. but uh, So, Dr. Sarah Josephine Baker, you want a New Jersey tie-in over here? Um, she wound up spending the second half of her life living with her lesbian lover, who is an Australian screenwriter. And the two of them spent their lives together in their beautiful house and
2: estate in Princeton, New Jersey. There's
1: there you your go.
2: There's a, there's a Jersey tie-in. The first
1: of them. I understand that mine is minuscule compared to what LP is about to dig well, up.
2: We're getting there. We're getting there.
1: Well, she was sent to talk to Malin, too. You know, sister to sister. You know, the, you know, the sisters are doing it on their own. Um but a few days later, after Malin's still proving to be uncooperative, uh, Baker now arrives with uh, police officers. So Dr. Sarah Josephine Baker says, we got to get her into custody here. They take her in. The newspapers have a fucking field day with this. It's not just in the tabloid papers. It's the mainstream papers calling her Typhoid Mary. She's even called Typhoid Mary in the American medical journals that are being printed out and passed around by other doctors. The learned men and women of America. So she's being slandered. Are referring right, to, oh, right. yeah.
3: Where were the bully laws back then?
1: right. Well played on you
0: that. You assume people cared about people's <laughs> feelings back <laughs> right.
1: then. Yep, so right. it's uh, it's brutal on that one. You can't exactly put um, it, it's tough that way, you know what I mean? Uh, you can't put Typhoid Mary on a resume either. You're like, oh, uh, who's the new cook? Typhoid Mary, you heard of her? We're going to Typhoid Mary's for crabs later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <Come on. laughs> God. I
1: don't know why I made it to seafood, yeah. but I did. I'll bring the hand
2: sanitizer. Thanks. Yeah. It's a <laughs> yeah.
1: Oof. Uh, but uh, Mary, while in custody, is now proven to be a carrier uh, of the disease via her feces, blood, and urine samples. Yeah. It's... So
2: she's forced to give samples, mm-hmm. which is another whole legal issue because uh, you know you have the health department, and then now is the health department uh, given the authority or, or have the authority to actually force somebody to give a <laughs> blood, urine, and stool sample? <laughs>
3: And according to my research, there you go. <laughs> doctor Baker actually had to sit on her for the whole ride.
2: Oh yeah, because Baker when Baker the, came the, the female back, doctor. The yeah. just, just if you're yeah. not paying attention at <laughs> home, the, the, when the female doctor uh, Baker shows up um, for the second time, this time with the police, um, they actually capture her uh, and take her into custody. Uh, under force and then Baker is actually sitting not on her. top of her in the in the paddy wagon uh, the whole t- the whole ride back to wherever they to the hospital i guess that they female
3: bonding
1: <laughs> yeah and she feels justifiably persecuted at this point too cuz again if it's a disease that you've never heard of not that you've never heard of but it's a disease that you're not familiar with and you don't think you have it and, and exactly. you told right. Right. right yeah so this is chaos for her i can't imagine the 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 crazy uh, explanations that were being given to her in the back of that car but here she is Uh, She gets brought out to – I mean this is where it gets even more ridiculous. Like we said, she did scoff at the idea of hand-washing and she refused to stop working as a cook. That's when they knew they had to do something about her. So with the proof of her infection and the ability for it to continue to spread, Mary is forced to three years of quarantine on North Brother Island, which is a small island uh, in between the Bronx and Rikers Island. Okay, Rikers being a very famous prison, uh, the Bronx being uh, its farm system. It's a great joke. Oh, it's a great joke, and you guys gave me nothing, bastards. <laughs> so there's North Brother Island and South Brother Island, I believe. And uh, so those are the t- these two small islands that are floating out there in the water. And uh, they sent her out there, and uh, poor Mary is now on an island, quarantined from everyone she's ever known, in a country that she is not her own, okay, uh, in the famed Riverside Hospital, all because she didn't wash her hands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're very serious about that. So Mary is lucky, though, because within a few years, New York City decides that it's time to allow the infected carriers of the disease back into society as long as they take measures to prevent exposure and infections to others. What's Mary have to do? You think she can go back to being a cook? No,
3: nope, that's the one thing. Just they, give it up.
1: They make her sign an affidavit, which uh, we don't have any of the, the lawyer cousins on today, but uh, it's, I, I assume that's a legal document. Um. <laughs> They make her promise she's going to get out of the cooking game, all right? She's out of the cooking game, Kahuna. She's done, all right? She's no longer – It's just like Carlito's way. She's out, all right? (laughs) So uh, she even has to sign a piece of paper here. She signs it on February 19th, 1910, that she would start a new career outside of food preparation. Uh, It is uh, contingent. Her release is contingent on that fact. So She gets off of North Brother Island uh, in 1910. Typhoid Mary is released and returned to the mainland. So,
2: yeah, just a little a little side note here when uh, she was in quarantine during her two-year period of confinement, <laughs> she had 120 out of 163 stool samples test positive. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a constant in the, in the defense of oh the health department. God. They were trying to cure her of this not really knowing and it was suggested I don't know if you got into this at all, but um, it was suggested that they offered to remove her gallbladder, thinking that that might be the source of the infection, and she flatly refused. I mean, here's the people that are forcing her to do these blood, urine, and stool samples, and now they're also telling you, well, if we cut out your gallbladder. But nobody's really explaining to her what the hell is going on here. They're they're right. just
3: trying to fix putting the problem, a hammer down on right?
2: it or just trying to put the hammer down on her. But not really explaining to her, and then you know uh, whether she's got the the education or the background to un, to fully understand it's the that. importance of that bedside manner yet again that yeah. they're just not having. Right. So what are we can say, I, Jen?
3: I also found an interesting fact that while she was in there for the year, Mary was smuggling out her own sample feces and urine for testing in a private laboratory. The results show no evidence of typhoid fever. How do you go about calling?
0: <laughs> An independent lab – okay. You're, you're uh, isolated. Most, most prisoners
2: are smuggling shit in. Yeah. She's smuggling shit out. Well,
1: <laughs> Not only is that a great joke, but we've also opened up a, uh, a, a conundrum of sorts here, LP. Uh, so when they want to smuggle something into prison, where do they hide it? <laughs> Are you smuggling uh, other people's shit up uh, your ass? Uh, oh, Mary, the dirty Irish. So uh, Why would you... Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, Mary's out now, though, all right? So this nightmare is over for her. She has agreed to change professions, and she has. But she decides she's going to remain in New York City. She is now working as a laundress. Uh, which is ironic, since it's one of her victims was a laundress. So they're like, "Hey, want, you know, yeah. have you ever thought about working as a laundress?" I think I killed one of them.
2: <laughs> and she's also now at the lowest rung of the servant ladder that she went from cook, right. which is the highest, to now back to a laundress. Oh yeah, back um, down lowest the ladder. Bang, uh, Jobs of servitude.
3: talk about a disgruntled employee. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and she's not allowed to cook because this uh, uh, invisible disease uh, from this disease – I'm sorry. These invisible germs uh, in her feces uh, that uh, a room full of scientists told her she had and couldn't prove uh, to her. And
2: no, I've never been sick a day in my life kind of a thing. I'm still a picture of health. I've I've shown no outward signs of being sick at all. Well, she said, you know what, to hell with this. I'm tired of my unsuccessful
1: couple of years here. I'm very cash-strapped. It's time to change my last name to Brown. All right? So she now – she went ahead. She's no longer uh, Mary Mallon. She's now Mary Brown. And guess what Mary Brown can do? She can go back to cooking. So Kahuna, um, your your hand is in your head. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. Your head is in your hand. Yeah. Mary's back to cooking, buddy. Do you see a problem with that? I mean –
0: Do I keep a sister down? (laughs) Well, like when you
1: see a girl on, um, you know, Hinge or Tinder or or Bumble, any of those apps, they always, uh, if a girl tells you she can cook, um, just ask if she washes her hands too. That's important now, you know. You got to focus on these things.
2: That's right. The details. (laughs) Um, The devil is in the details. Well, this time she's
1: out of excuses. Okay. I understand you want to get back to your job of, uh, you know, a little bit more of a, a position of esteem. I understand that you need the money uh you want to be in charge of the kitchen you don't want to be doing laundry bullshit here no excuses mary is now at least somewhat aware of the disease she's carrying and it's potentially deadly consequences now any part of us that could start feeling sorry for her um kind of goes away once we see where she winds up working her next her next employee uh she knew she'd been responsible for several deaths but goes back to cooking anyway and this time she proved more devious than some thought she was capable of Mary worked in several kitchens over the next five years. Everywhere she went, typhoid broke out again. Mary never stayed in one place too long, and constantly kept changing employers, meaning that this time, Soper, uh, Dr. Soper, and uh, Dr. Sarah Josephine Baker are unable to track her down.
2: So now right. she knows she, she would she would cook. There would be an outbreak, and she'd do the skedaddle. She'd go off and, you know, name well, change or just at it
1: find somebody else. Yeah. Oh yeah. So as it, it, soon as she hears, uh, you know, the misses of the household saying, "Oh, I'm not feeling very well," <laughs> as <laughs> soon as well, she, see you, pack my bag. Okay, as soon as she hears a couple of the clumps at the dinner table, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better be happy uh, be going now, guys. Yeah. Hey, I got to go check the furnace. <laughs> Mary Poppins, she flies away. Yeah, the Mary yeah. Poppins, but um, as a serious killer. The supposed to be wet. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm out. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm dys- gone. dysentery is. Uh, oh, now, the best part, Jim, uh, Jim,
0: Jim, 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 Jim.
1: Imagine the missus of the house shitting one of her dresses like that, and then um, Mary saying, hey, well, uh, the laundress is going to be busy for a couple of days. <laughs> right. Maybe that's why she wanted to get out of that laundry, uh, yeah. So she splits, and because of that, Dr. Sarah Josephine Baker and Soper are now unable to find her. Um, they uh, they alert the authorities that Mary's cooking again and spreading the disease. The next outbreak now comes from, and this is the one where she's unforgivable, right, Jen? Do you know the, the, the last place?
3: 1915.
1: Today? Okay. Do you want to say the name of the place?
3: Sloan Maternity Hospital in New York.
2: Yep. So she's going to go Out be there.
0: She's, the she's, a, she's a cook
2: at a, at, at at a, a hospital, hospital. A maternity hospital. Mm-hmm.
0: Background check's not a thing back in the day. Mm, not yes so much. Not, uh,
2: not as much.
0: So uh, next
1: time you fill out a piece of paper and you say, this seems redundant, they're just trying to make sure you're not going to kill anybody. Uh, get this one real quick. I thought this would be interesting. So that is Sloan Women's Hospital uh, named after uh, Dr. Sloan, okay, who is a famous philanthropist in New York City and a medical uh, genius of sorts. Uh, we know his name lives on in New York City from
2: Sloan Kettering. Okay, one of the uh, the uh, didn't you go over there for Premier a, Premier? No, I was uh, at Sinai, but uh, we couldn't get premier. into Sloan Kettering. Sorry. <laughs> one of the
1: premier hospitals world worldwide. Now get this one too. This is what makes a uh, this is a little bit interesting here. Sloan, Dr. Sloan now marries into uh, Vanderbilt money. So Cornelius Vanderbilt's granddaughter I believe is his wife in this one. So Sloan Kettering uh, is built on Vanderbilt money. so the old New York tycoons. Their uh, fingerprints are still all over that city, right? But uh, now here's what kills us: it's a fucking maternity hospital. No excuses. Mm-hmm. All right, you got to get out of that job. That you can't be doing it. All right, you're killing kids that don't even have a chance to get born fairly. Okay? Mother's
2: kids and the the hospital staff as well. Yep, okay. and it, it's Doctors a marvel for nurses. the time
1: too. Yeah. Uh, now, 25 people were infected during her time over there as the cook. 25 people are infected. Two fatalities. Mary leaves the hospital without being captured. As soon as she starts realizing that the walls are closing in on her, our girl bails again. Okay? So she's finally caught on Long Island trying to bring food to a friend. What kind of fucking friend accepts food? <laughs> That's right. From Typhoid
2: Mary. Hey, Mary,
3: haven't seen
1: you in My a while. friend Mary's coming over. She just got off of North Brother Island. Isn't that a quarantine island? I'm not sure. She said she's bringing clams. Yeah.
2: Have some uh, peaches and ice cream.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> But uh, following her arrest and the reveal of her case, Mary is now sent back to North Brother Island in 1915 where she would spend, thankfully to a degree, the remainder of her life. Now, it's a very sad case, OK? You come over here. You, you dream of having the, uh, the American dream. That idea is uh, – you know, it's not on paper yet, but they're hoping that uh, uh, things are going to be better than it was for her back in the old sod back in Ireland. I don't know if it, that's the case. She would routinely be visited by members of the media while she was over there, even though they created this uh, image of her. Uh, because when the media would come to visit her, I thought this was really cool here, um, they would warn her, they would uh, the, the people that were coming to interview, the reporters and everything, don't even take uh, a sip of water from her. A sip of water could kill you. So now, if you're a writing major, you embellish a little bit, you know, and they go ahead and they, uh, they craft this narrative behind her that it's uh, Mary Mallon, the deadliest woman in America. Sure. That sells papers. So, oh, yeah. That's all they wanted to do on that one. Would you have, Jen?
3: No, I was just saying that now she's cool. Like, now she's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Little celebrity status yeah. here. it's a Casey Go Anthony vibe, woman. but... Yeah, but she's also living in isolation. Well, she is miserable, too. Uh, and the staff would often talk about how uh, upset she looked. And they would even remark well, with pity sometimes by saying, look at that poor kidnapped woman. There's that woman, the poor kidnapped woman. Yeah, we left out the part where she was infecting babies. And all people right?
0: were dying. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way I... Was there any confirmed baby death?
1: Uh, I didn't find any in my no, research here, but two. of the two deaths from the... I mean, she is linked possibly up to 50 fatalities in total. So this is all stemming from her. This is our girl not washing the clothes. I'm sorry, not washing her hands and, uh, you know, not wanting to listen to people when they try to tell her that she had a disease. So...
0: Oh my. Oh god. Pretty
1: fascinating here woman uh, in her own right as Fast- You say
0: fascinating, I have horrifying. I say horrifying.
1: Tomato tomato. <laughs> there is um Jesus. there's a little bit of a serial killer vibe to her and then there's also a little bit of a uh, a, a victimhood because I, I I do feel bad for her on a couple of instances here because she dies on that island in quarantine the rest of her life. No chance for family, no chance for, you know, getting married, uh, possibly no friends that we can think of on this one here. It's not really the greatest way to go about everything here. Now, uh, we do have a couple of weird things to tie up with, but uh, I wanted to hit uh, one last point here before we go on to uh, the the wrap-up, if you will. Uh, Mary is thought to possibly been responsible for up to 50 deaths from typhoid and hundreds, hundreds of other infections. Her constant name-changing and the refusal to assist Dr. Soper and Dr. Baker made it more difficult for her to track down just how much damage she truly had done. So we still don't know to this day. Exact exact numbers. Because she could have been off the books at one of these jobs, and you don't know if she's infecting everybody. So it gets a little bit crazy here. Um, I have a couple of uh, uh, last uh, send-off items here. But, Jen, did you have anything else that we're missing out on? Because I, I do want to – I want you to talk about the your source of information here because I I kind of love this.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: This well, no, great. just her her actual ending of her life. She actually had a stroke in 1932, and she was paralyzed for six years. So – we want to talk about some penance, like at least the end of her life and her funeral. Only nine people were there,
2: and they were all anonymous, right? Yeah, no, no like more like intrigued,
3: not like a right. personal friend, right? Like, I, don't, I would want to go, <laughs> like just it, to say, it would I went.
2: Interesting. Well,
1: she was cremated too. Mm-hmm. Um, they made sure that that was a point too because they didn't want to have any chance that her
2: gallbladder uh, from beyond <laughs> the grave. Yeah, as it turned out, it was the gallbladder that was. Uh, the source of the infection, mm-hmm. and they offered to take that out, you know, years ago, but she refused. But I think that was more of an ignorance kind of a thing than uh, uh, just a flat refusal of the government that wants to wants to take my uh, my various stool and blood samples, and now wants to take my gallbladder too. Uh, you know, that was a, a flat refusal. Right, and like
1: Jen said, she did suffer the uh, paralyzing stroke in the last six years of her life until she finally died. The official cause of death was pneumonia, I believe is what I found out. So she doesn't even get to die of typhoid fever, which is almost convenient that way. I look at her this way; uh, it's almost like um, it's like what I tell girls with my herpes. Um, I don't actually have it, but I can give it to you.
0: <laughs> so good night. Yeah, I was gonna say never no. really.
2: <laughs>
1: That's not the big send-off I wanted to know. Say goodnight, Gracie. No. Uh, I, it's like I tried to uh, portray it to somebody. The mailman doesn't own the packages he delivers. That's how I tried to put this. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jen, did we miss anything else, or do you want to tell people about this book? Because I, I love this book. You
3: love this book? Well, when you gave me the topic, I don't, I, I don't follow history. Like, it's not my cup of tea, and that's why I kept avoiding this show. <laughs> Was that I was like, there's no way I was going to be able to have a conversation about it. So I went on Amazon. I was like, hopefully there's a book under 100 pages that I can read about this woman. Cliff notes. And then I found a children's book on it entitled, You Wouldn't Want to Meet Typhoid Mary.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good not bed, not bedtime story, right?
3: And the best part of it is that in each chapter, there's handy hints for children to like – Learn from
2: Let me guess Wash your hands Wash
3: your hands (laughs) But I love the one When Dr. Soper
2: This is a scholastic
1: book Yes You could probably get it At your The the magic school bus Dies of typhoid I was going to say At your nearest
3: school Book (laughs) book fair You could
0: probably find this Hop on the magic Oh Oh my god What is that
3: (laughs) So when Mr. Soper Is confronting her For the first time Your handy hint is If your job involves Asking awkward questions Be prepared for some Awkward answers and throughout the book, it just tells you like, oh, if when you're trying to get into somewhere, handy hint, if you know you're not welcome, put your foot in the door when it opens.
0: <laughs> Ooh.
1: That's not a bad one, actually. That's pretty good, dude. To...
3: These are the morals we're supposed to be telling our children.
1: Right. I'm kind of cool with that. And again, it is a scholastic book, so there is a Magic School Bus vibe to that, where uh, Miss Fritz uh, has got the trots. (laughs) The the Magic School Bus has to figure out why she has typhoid fever and how to cure it. Um, Well, the book is yours
3: now for your collection. You're
1: kidding. Absolutely. All right, well, we have to take a picture with this book, too, because it's hysterical. (laughs) But um, no, thank you for that. We're going to wrap up here in a second. LP, you have – You have a couple of interesting things you wanted to talk
2: about. Yeah, I got a little tie-in here. We got that horrible
1: picture of her laid up in the bed on North
2: Brother Island. That one tears – it pulls at your heartstrings a little bit. Right. That's where she spent her her final days, if you will. Um, Just about the whole – the learning curve and and the development of this whole thing and medical advances. I mean it, it wasn't until 1880 that they discovered the cause of typhoid with the whole salmonella thing. Uh, by 1896, there was a, uh, a British uh, physician who was able to develop a, um, a vaccine that was used uh, with the British army during the Second Boer War. That saved, you know, a lot of lives. Again, most armies would lose more people to typhoid and dysentery um, than they would to actual battle uh, injuries. Um, there's an American a physician, a, a guy by the name of Frederick Russell who uh, uh, has an adaptation of the British physicians uh, thing and and now has the U.S. Army vaccinated, uh, which saved a lot of lives during the First World War simply because these guys have already been vaccinated against typhoid. Um, So... Again, the the clearing the clean water your city water that if you can be assured that the water's coming out of your kitchen faucet is going to be clean and healthy and not full of germs or typhus or anything else, that's kind of a huge thing. Um, in 1908, um, Jersey City. Well, let me let me back this up. There's a guy by the, a doctor by the name of Leal, Leal who's working for Patterson, New Jersey. Um, He's uh, there. I'm looking at Cohen right now, just waiting. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Wait, wait. is always waiting for the Jersey time starting to come in now. I'm and, trying uh, to do my best Dr. here. Leal, <laughs> Dr. Leal in Patterson, yes. New Jersey. Dr. Leal in Patterson, New Jersey. Now, he's also a, a, a public health official for Patterson, but he's also an um, advisory to Jersey City. And Jersey City at the time is... Trying to figure out how we can provide pure drinking water for our Jersey City residents, a reservoir is built that they put a dam across the Raritan River in the Booton Reservoir. If you're a North Jersey personnel, you're probably recognize the the name the Booton Reservoir, a huge uh, reservoir that was built for Jersey City water supply. Um, There's still some problems with the the purity of the water in this brand new reservoir simply because other municipalities further upstream is still dumping raw sewage into it. Uh, This guy, Lil, is um, doing all kinds of research on this and discovers that a very minute amount of chlorine will kill all the harmful bacteria. And Jersey City, New Jersey is the first major uh, city that actually chlorinates their as a disinfectant um, their water supply. And very quickly, very quickly, um, a lot of the other municipalities uh, jump on to that whole concept that if we can – assure our public uh, for pure drinking water simply by adding a very minute trace of chlorine to kill all the harmful bacteria. They they go for it. It's like Within 10 years, 53% of the municipalities are now chlorinating their water. So, so if you're listening at home, kids, uh, pool water is safe to drink.
1: <laughs> you can get that right from Larry yeah, Burke himself. Yeah, and that's
2: <laughs> Dr. Burke. Dr. Burke.
1: <laughs> well, no, so Dr. Lee puts that, that in medicine. So show. Jersey City, where Kahuna's from, uh, right. they is were the, the first, first. municipality to ever do that. Pretty cool. Uh, and that, Also, the last time that Jersey City was uh, a leading force for good in almost anything, as far as I'm aware. Wow, but, uh, I'll be living there in a couple weeks. Who knows? Um, but did you have anything else, LP, as we were getting ready yeah, to wrap I up I think here? that's
2: pretty much it. I uh... thought
1: one final interesting thing to talk about was – so we talked about what uh, uh, Dr. Baker gets into. She goes on to have a very prolific medical career. Um, but now uh, Dr. Soper. Dr. Soper is not a medical doctor, but he is a doctor. He has a Ph.D. from uh, his sanitation engineer studies over at Rensselaer in Columbia. He goes on to be uh, – I believe it's the uh, acting manager. Um, of what would go on to become the American Cancer Society, so that's what he winds up getting involved with. So you got Sloan Kettering involved with this, the American Cancer Society is involved with this. You got the chlorination of uh, water being in it. So Typhoid Mary, uh, she is patient zero. That that's she's one of the first asymptomatic carriers of the entire disease. Uh, she's not aware that she's spreading the disease with all these people. Uh, and then we kind of, you know, she gets a little bit sympathetic towards the end there. But Jesus, maybe don't work at a maternity ward. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, really. she, like was she just being selfish? Was she just in denial? Or like, well, I what wish, do you think?
1: If the story had happened right now, what I would say is that I would tell her just to go work at, like, uh, Chipotle. And then everybody will just think that that's, you know, you don't have dysentery. You just ate
2: Chipotle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, without even knowing it, she was one of the first Taco Bell c- cooks.
2: Yeah. What yeah. Is it? Okay. Don't, don't blame the <laughs> lettuce that's being grown in California. Well, to, or the Roman lettuce or whatever else, but I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels to modern day times too that can we force people to be vaccinated I mean we're going through that right now with current yep. events with uh, various uh, are we going to force our children to be inoculated before we allow them into the school and all the pros and cons and religious connotations to that that you know religious beliefs are going to supersede the the public health um That my kid is vaccinated, I go to school, but some other kid who wasn't vaccinated is now going to, uh, you know, um, give my kid the disease. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of uh, ramifications to to all of this. And does the public health trump um, civil rights? Um, for somebody that we can force them to. And it's a tough one with that
1: too because uh, you don't ever want to be able – the government should never have the power to enforce anything on people. That, that's kind of – I like a nice limited government. That's just me. But that's because I worked for the government and I saw what uh, – I, I, when I say I worked for the government, I worked for the military and I like them having as little power as possible. Because right? <laughs> you want them – you want to have somewhere in between them being responsible and then also not having to stop and give them 50 Okay, that's (laughs) kind of where I like to live my life here. Uh, That being said, I have some dates i got to plug up coming in here in a second. Um, Guys, if you like the show, do us a favor. Leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you can, uh, if you've already left us a review, just click in the stars or whatever on iTunes. That really does help us out a lot. But if you leave us a written review, you're going to want to do that. We have a format change coming up, and we're going to take care of the people that are on on the ground floor on this show. Uh, So if you can do me a favor, if you're a regular listener, uh, a lot of you have already done it for us. I know uh, Stu Greenberg, Nick Franco, uh, a lot of our boys, um, Ming left us a review. All sorts of people have done that. And I love you guys for it. If you haven't, go ahead and write a a written review. That way we can track who's been helping us out with that stuff so we can take care of you guys on the back end of this thing. Because big changes are coming to American Loser, all good stuff in the next couple of weeks. South Beach Larry is going back down to South Beach when you come back we're going to we got a, a I really am very happy with the guests we lined up for the episodes because we got some feedback. Some of the episodes are great. some of the episodes they miss you a little bit more than others all right and uh that's uh that's the experimentation with this, this is my first real podcast this is our first um foray into this kind of a thing, but the show works best when family's on so that's why I want to say thank you again to uh cousin Jen for coming on. You were a great guest by the way, you were nervous thank about you. it
3: yes, I was I was avoiding it like. Like the pla or like typhus? No. <laughs> like
1: typhus.
2: Yeah, we're going ty really after typhus You really enjoyed that this. pun.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like you look so excited to use it. You're right. Just waiting for the right moment.
1: <laughs> but no, you were an awesome guest. I knew you were going to be a great guest too on this one. But uh, the show works better when family's on. Uh, that being said, you're going back down to South Beach. I'm taking you out on Sunday. Uh, so you're going to be uh, August 7th. You're going back down over there. Once we get you back on, we got a couple of really cool episodes here, but i got good guests, quality guests I can trust lined up to bridge the gap here in between for us. If you guys want, please support the show. You can check us out. We have an Instagram account now. It's American Loser Podcast. If you want to support my dumb comedy and my dick jokes, so I don't have to work excavation the rest of my life, you can come support me when this very episode comes out. It will come out on Tuesday, April 9th. So, guys, when you hear that, uh, that is the first night of my three-night run uh, opening up for my friend Lynn Coplets down at the Hard Rock Hotel in atlantic city new jersey all right so that'll be the 9th 10th and 11th so if you want to come down to those be a part of it man that's great if you want to come see me at gotham i'll be on all four shows again featuring for lynn Coplets. the 19th we got two shows the 20th we got two shows and i'm so freaking excited about this one del lago casino and waterloo uh, new york again with lynn Coplets on the 25th the 26th and the 27th however i will be at mohegan sun in uncasville connecticut opening up for the legendary bobby kelly very excited about all these gigs. If you guys want to come out and see me live? Just come see the headliners I open for. You don't have to like my shit. I'm good at what I do. Right? I'm comfortable. But just come out. You can lie and say you're there to support me. Really, just want to go see one of the you know two of the best comics in the country, man. I mean, Lynn's fucking hysterical, and Bobby Kelly's a legend. These guys are absolutely fantastic. So do us a favor. Check the show out if you can. Support me at uh, at uh, I'm Insta- Instagram It's uh, at kpburksucks. Twitter at kpburksucks. Facebook, KP Brick Sucks. Kahuna, you got anything to plug in the way out, bud? No, I think I'm good for this I one. hear you on that one. Uh, LP, thank you for uh, letting us do the show here. Jen, thanks so much for coming down. Mike and Ming, you guys take great care of us as always. We encourage everybody to use uh, – if you're going to start off a podcast, just come on down to a shared universe All right, pay Kahuna's college off. But
0: guys, without uh, <laughs> There's saying There's some anything, fact to that, so please come on down. <laughs>
1: That's the sad part, true, man. But uh, we're the only podcast that gets you tuned up uh, while you're doing your job, so I appreciate that for you. <laughs> So uh, we'll be driving the Kahuna home shortly after this. But, guys, without uh, anything else to add to here, I just want to say thank you again. And that was uh, Typhoid Mary Mallon, American Loser.
0: An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born.